What is up, guys? Welcome to a, another episode of What's the Word podcast. Uh, it's your boy Trev here, back again in the studio with my boy Nick. How we doing, Nick? Man, I'm feeling good, Trev. Trev, that was not a bad intro. <laughs> Man, guys, let us know in the comments or uh, on any clips on TikTok or wherever you're at, and let us know how you felt about Trev's intro. But I thought it was pretty solid. Mm, thanks, Nick. Well, today we've got a uh, pretty serious topic. I think it's something that a lot of people have either gone through or currently going through or at some point in their life will experience. Uh, but it's really just this huge life change of losing a loved one, yep. someone that was close to you that you've cared about um, that has passed away yep. and uh, kind of navigating what does life look like now? How do we deal with that uh, in a way uh, that God wants us to, but what's your experience with that, Nick? Yeah, uh, and if you guys have listened to any previous podcasts, I think we have a couple of my solo EPs. I think my testimony is probably the one where I go into it the most, and I've mentioned it off the cuff a little bit. Um, but, you know, my experience with loss, I think, in one word would be definitely very experienced in that way, which sounds very strange, but I do believe, and maybe this is a comfort to all of you guys off the top, I do believe God gives us afflictions for the purpose and advantage of being able to help and encourage other people. Mm -hmm. And I truly believe that with my whole heart, that I've had the opportunity to share my story in so many different forms and now on this podcast in which I know has just encouraged and empowered people to continue to follow God and continue to love Him and be able to make it through situations that maybe, just maybe, they otherwise would not have. And so um, I consider myself... pretty experienced in, in losing people. I think for me more specifically in that regard, I, so I lost both my parents before I turned 20, uh, 21 rather. And so my dad passed away of a drug overdose when I was around 10 years old. And, you know, that was obviously traumatic and, you know, very unexpected. And so it was my mom and I for like 10 more years, I was 20 when in the spring of my I think second yeah in the spring second year of Liberty University I she essentially came down with like a respiratory respiratory infection like a virus kind of like how COVID is kind of like that and you know within 12 hours like within 12 hours of me hearing that she was sick passed away and so you know, I didn't even, so like she passed away so fast that in the drive from getting from Virginia to Florida where I'm from, I didn't even make it back in time. And so in dealing with the loss of a loved one, it's something that I've had to learn to navigate even as, you know, a person who was like 20 years old and even 10 years old. But, you know, it was that second time around that I had to, I guess I had to kind of find the the handlebars and the grips and like actual tactics to be able to make it through. Sometimes as a kid, people want to cover you and want to be able to support you by default. But when you're an adult, you kind of have to figure that out on your own at times, mm-hmm. um, at least, you know, to an extent. And so really feel like through those experiences and unfortunately many more experiences through family and friends and stuff like that, uh, I've had to deal with loss a lot yeah. and have in the midst of that discovered, I think some helpful tactics and some helpful ways uh, that other people I think can apply in their own life to yeah. be able to deal with this as well. And so also if you are listening to this and you are going to a recent loss of a loved one, uh, my prayer, and we prayed before this episode started, my prayers at this episode encourage you a ton, but more importantly empowers you to keep in step 
with what God has in front of you, because that's the most important thing you'll ever do is to continue to follow through in the purpose that God has for you. But, but yeah, that's, that's yeah. kind of my experience with it. Absolutely. So when that happens, when, when this, you're confronted with this, uh, situation in your life that just radically changes everything, where would you say is like the first step? Yeah. Like the first thing that you need to do or think about uh, to to go through that process of healing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the first step, which I don't, I did not take in many of the scenarios. It was only until I went through a couple more losses that I started to get this right. So keep in mind that uh, you may have taken some steps out of order, some wrong steps at this point, and that's okay. Like there's grace, and God, uh, I think, is giving you this podcast episode to hopefully help you get back in line. But the first step for me is accepting the reality. Of the law. So it kind of involves overcoming the natural denial response and realizing that the person is physically gone. And that's the reality that we face as a result of sin in the world uh, that came in through Satan and, and Adam and Eve and all that stuff is people die straight up. And it's a horrible thing, and God's not happy with it, and you shouldn't be happy with it. And it's terrible, and it's horrible, and it's gut wrenching, and it's heartbreaking, but it's real. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest first step is realizing this happened. This person is gone. Like, there's no sense in trying to bring them back or living in a in a place in which you can't accept that they are gone. They're gone. Yeah. And that was that is the first and most difficult step that exists for me. Like, my mom was everything to me, you know. And accepting the reality that she was no longer gonna be there on at Christmas, Mother's Day. She wasn't gonna be at my wedding. She wasn't gonna be there for the birth of my first kid. She wasn't gonna be there when. I got my first job, graduated college, did all that stuff. Like that was the reality I had to accept because it was only by recognizing that that I was going to be able to run towards the rest of my healing journey. Yeah, and that's the first step uh, for sure. So, yeah. yeah. Do you think? I think one area that some people might uh, handle this in a way that's really not leading them towards that healing journey, like you talked about, is maybe trying to keep. Uh, a connection between them whether it's like mm. oh like this was their favorite bird so now every time i see this bird i know that that's their sign to me do you think there's a healthy way to keep their memory uh living on without necessarily thinking that you're not acknowledging the reality yeah. that they're actually gone i think it's different for like each person and i've walked through the situation with enough people to recognize that different people have different ways of coping yeah and different I guess, extremes and experiences of grieving. And so for me, I'm like the least sentimental person on the planet. (laughs) Like when it comes to photo albums, when it comes to um, even old heirlooms and clothing and ashes, just anything like that, anything that will represent like them. It's not that I don't want them. It's that I just truly don't care to have them. Like it, it just doesn't really touch me like the way that it maybe does touch and comfort somebody else. And I've seen it where it truly is like, it's just the most random things. But for some people, if they have like a favorite bird, or if they have like a favorite song, like for example, my mom's favorite song was Satisfied by Jordan Feliz. And I would listen to that song a lot. That was one thing that actually kind of touched my heart and it was very encouraging for me. Uh, And so if you have something like that, that really reminds you and gives you a warm feeling of that person, I think that's great. And sometimes it's okay to embrace uh, embrace that kind of stuff. You know, it actually brings me to the second step of like dealing with death and loss of loved ones is experiencing the pain of grief, experiencing the pain of grief, uh, and confronts denial that is so common in grieving persons. Many people try to avoid the pain by like bottling up their emotions and rejecting the feelings that they're having. 
But the best thing you can do is sometimes just listen to the song. The song. The best thing you can do, like for me, I I listen to the song. I read my mom's Bible. I would uh, do different things like that, just to connect, just to recognize, like you know, there. It just provided me like a sense of comfort and a sense of warmth without putting me in like a drought of denial. Yeah. And so I th- I really do. Pe- I really do think people should do whatever comforts them the most while walking the line of not attempting to bring them back yeah, or not trying still to still honor their life. Absolutely. Honor yeah. their life and, and do things like that. But I really do think it's different for each individual person. I've met people who love looking through photo albums, who love looking through like old camera rolls or, um, you know, Polaroids or whatever. And you know, if that comforts them, I think that's great. Yeah. Whatever. Cause in that time you're, you're going to be searching and really clawing after comfort because yeah. you're not going to have a lot of it. And I think whatever it does, you should get that, you know, as long yeah. as it's healthy and not like detrimental to For you. Sure. But, yeah. And I think that brings up a good point in terms of a lot of people uh, cope in different ways. I've seen uh, the loss of loved one uh, bring people so close to Christ that it just radically either led them to Christ for the first time uh, or just grew their relationship with Christ or the complete opposite. I was actually talking to someone this morning uh, who had an ex-boyfriend who, you know, was super kind, like seemed to you know, check all the boxes and was, was a great guy uh, and then his grandma passed away and that just led to this you know alcoholism and abuse and like pulling out a gun on people and all this kind of stuff to where it's like I never saw this from you but you know that big of a scenario in your life can change things a lot for a lot of people what are some ways that you would say that people can cope the wrong way like what are some uh unhealthy ways of dealing with the grief of losing a loved one? Uh, I would say number one, and I, I cannot fail to mention this in this Christian podcast, is failing not to recognize the power that God and Christ have over death. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the biggest thing is that in the loss of a Christian loved one, the greatest comfort a believer has is the hope and confidence that our relationship with them does not end at death and that the gospel overcomes death and takes away its sting, right? And so that's number one is not leaning enough on that. I know it can be cheesy and strange and like weird for people to hear like, I get it. Like Jesus loves them and they're going to heaven, whatever. But like, that is the most important thing is recognizing that not recognizing that puts you just in a horrible spot. Uh, other ways of not coping. Well, I know plenty because I did them. Um, adding lots of things on your plate to hopefully distract you. Mm. You know, I'm a guy who likes to work, who likes to stay busy. And I think it, it really can get in front of the first couple of steps of accepting reality and experiencing the pain of grief. Like, it's okay to be sad. Like, no one's a sissy for being sad after their loved one passes away. Yeah. And it's okay to take a couple of weeks off their job. It's okay to, you know, ask for an extension on some of your assignments at school. It's okay to, you know, at, tell your friends, like, hey, I'm just having a rough go, but I can't go do this, can't do that, whatever. Um, and not adding too much onto your plate adding too much on your plate is a, is a horrible way to deal with that. Another way of that is not adding too much complexity or adding too much complexity to your life, uh, is a horrible way to cope. And what I mean by that is this is it's just, sometimes people will lose somebody and they're like, okay, well I'm going to like move. I'm going to move like across, Mm. I'm going to move and take this job somewhere. I'm just going to get a fresh start or whatever. And I, I know the temptation of that because I did it. And I can honestly say that, I am glad that I'm in Texas and I've been here for the last five years, but at the time it was not the most healthy move that I could have made. The best move that you can make when you're going through something is to keep your life as simple as possible. 
don't add any complexity to it because you're not in the right frame of mind to deal with the complexity and some of the nuances that it's going to, those types of moves are going to bring into your life. You're not going to think straight. You're not going to work right. You're not going to build community in the way that you need to build, build mm-hmm. community. Right. And so I would just hold off on taking a big job. I would hold off on moving somewhere. I would hold off on going off to college. I would hold off on big financial decisions. I would hold off on buying a house. I would hold off on whatever big added complexity you're trying to introduce just wait at least a year just wait and let things settle and keep things as simple as possible if you need to move back in with your parents do it if you need to go back to your hometown do it at least for a year get back on your feet and then figure it out from there right yeah. obviously that kind of depends on the severity of loss and the opportunities you have in front of you not everybody can afford to do that some people need a job i get that I, I get it but if you can at best keep your life as simple as possible yeah and i like what you said too about like it's okay to be sad like yeah. it's okay to allow yourself to grieve uh I think for me, thinking back, like in scripture, the shortest verse in the Bible, right? Jesus wept. Yep. And like Jesus suffered the loss of a loved one, the one who we love, Lazarus. Lazarus had died. And we see that Jesus grieved that because, you know, if you look at God's original uh, plan and creation, like death wasn't a part of that. Like sin brought the death in. And so uh, I think if Jesus wept, it's, it's okay for us to grieve that too. Um, but a huge benefit to us is allowing ourselves to move forward and heal as well. I think it's really easy to stay stuck in the hurt to stay stuck in the pain and the questioning and and the looking uh, back and and wondering like if, if I would have just said this one last thing to them, if I would have spent more time with them and kind of like putting a little bit of shame onto yourself with that, I think that can keep you stuck in the hurt, but Mm -hmm. there can be some things that practical things that lead us towards healing. Uh, What are some things you would encourage our listeners to really practically do to move towards healing? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Bar none, bar none, two things you can do is find the support and the encouragement of other people. As in, go to church, get plugged into a small group if you're not already. If you are plugged into a small group, lean into them, be honest with them. Hey, I'm hurting. I need you guys' encouragement and embrace that kind of stuff, right? There's going to be seasons in your life where you need people more than you usually do. That's one of them, and you need to lean on them heavily. Um, Let people take you to lunch. Let people pay for your lunch. Let people come over to your house. Let people bring you dinner. Let people do those things for you because one day, one day, you're going to be able to leverage this loss, and you're going to be able to do it for somebody else. But in this season, just receive it. Just receive it. It's okay. Uh, That was a tough thing for me to do, but let people love you. And if you don't have people in your you know, your circle that you feel like you're doing that, you need to find a new circle and quickly Mm -hmm. and you need to build that community in your life. That's number one. Number two is I would run to a counseling center. That was something I did not take advantage of initially and I wish I would have. Um, I was really good at faking it, really good at faking this emotional strength when in reality I was broken on the inside. And so always take advantage of the grace that is biblical counseling, like a real professional licensed counselor. And, you know, Talk to them, tell them how you're feeling, even if you feel like mildly okay, which is how I felt, even if you feel okay, like let them like let them give you some feedback, let them provide you some good coping mechanisms, let them give you some encouragement and some support and things like that. And those are the two things that I would say for anybody. Um, it would be in game changing. Game changing on both ends. Like if you don't have it, I I, I truly don't even know how a person makes it through something like this yeah. without having the support and love of other people. Uh, and it also helps you do the third task. So I had the couple, the first couple tasks, accepting the reality and experiencing the pain of grief. The third task is dealing with death, is adjusting to an environment uh, in which the deceased is missing require, and requires the grieving mm-hmm. individual to assume some of the social roles performed by them. 
uh, or to find other people who will. So, you know, this, a lot of people don't talk about this, but if you've lost a loved one, you know, this is just facts. Sometimes the hardest part about loss is the logistical nightmare of it. Mm-hmm. So when my mom passed away, for example, you know, especially when you're really close to somebody, a brother or sister, a mom, a dad, those kinds of losses, the logistical nightmare that follows is horrible. And so you have to, you know, transfer things over, figure out finances. You have to get things dippied up. You have to figure out where the car is going, all that stuff. It's the third step after you accept the reality and you experience that pain of grief is to kind of get to work on those things, to really be diligent and effective and productive about divvying up those things, getting that stuff done, figuring out bank accounts, figuring out clothes, figuring out photo albums, storage, selling the house, getting rid of the cars, like, and doing all of that stuff. Uh, and that will naturally help you adjust to the new environment. Like, you know, my mom cooked all my meals for me. My mom did my clothes. My mom did, like, I had to learn those things. And for you, you have to learn those things. Like, it's just the reality of the, the horrible world of where death is a reality. It's, it's just a thing that we have to do. And so, uh, I would say that as far as coping wise, some things that would lead us to, and I would give you guys the, the final task here is taking the emotional energy that you would have spent on the one who passed away and reinvesting it, Mm. reinvesting the emotional energy, like embracing the reality. The person isn't here anymore. And so for me, I can only speak for me how I did it. And I, I think you have to figure out in your own context, how this is going to work for you. But when it came to my mom, I knew I had, I knew I had to reinvest that emotional energy somewhere else. I had to build relationships with other people. I had to find other people who could help me with things. I had to, you know, find other people who are going to support me in that way. You know, maybe not like another, like I don't have another mom, right? Like no one's ever going to take the place of my mom, my dad, my, my friend who passed away, my grandpa, stuff like that. Like no one's ever going to take their place, but reinvesting in other relationships to where you can have those fulfilling relationships where yeah. you don't just feel like you have a massive void and hole in your life as a result of this loss. Yeah. Uh, and that whole, yes, Jesus wants to fill it. Yes. The gospel is sufficient. Yes. You're fulfilled in Christ alone. But in the meantime, we're on earth and we have to deal with the consequences of loss and it sucks. Yeah. And you have to fill that hole. You got to fill that hole and it's not going to fill itself. With the right things. With the right you things. You can fill it with the wrong things too. That's right. And I think like that's that's a big thing too is like you can, you can use this, you know, horrible moment in your life uh, as an excuse to be mad at God, you know, to say like, God, how could you let this happen? And that can steer you towards sin. And, and then the sin kind of becomes that distraction, what fills that hole in your heart. Uh, but that's, that's not going to help you. That's not going to truly find you true healing. And like you said, you know, counseling is a huge benefit. The support of others is a huge benefit. And at the same time, like God is the, the one true counselor above all counselors who is fully able to heal you. Like, I don't, I don't know if this sounds true to you, but it's true that you can be like fully healed in in Christ. You can find true comfort in Christ, like apart from Christ. I don't know if I can say if that's possible. Like you might find some sorts of comfort that temporarily make you feel better or distracted or whatever the case may be. But uh, in Christ, by going to him, like acknowledging the reality of how tough this Uh, season in your life is like not ignoring the fact that it's difficult and it's hard and it's painful but allowing him to heal you within that will take you just such a long way to to move forward and and really do what you're doing now and like using that uh, for a benefit to help other people to uh, show people that healing is possible and that uh, 
you know, this really comes down to the cross that like death doesn't have the last say, you know, like that's why Jesus came because he didn't want death to be the final authority over uh, us and him. And I think this brings up another question too of like, for people around those who lose a loved one, you know, like especially us working as pastors, like we experience all the time students who are losing loved ones, parents, people who are suffering loss. How can we be a source of comfort to somebody else who is suffering a loss? I think that's great. A couple things as far as you yourself comforting somebody who is going through a loss is obviously love them, be a good friend. So reach out initially, you know, don't feel like your presence is the primary thing that's going to comfort them, not your words of wisdom. Your presence is going to be the primary thing that comforts them, not your words of wisdom. You don't have to have the right things to say. You don't have to have all these crazy statements of all these speeches about how it's going to be better and how God's going to use it and all this stuff. You don't have to have that. In fact, I would encourage you not to have it. But just show up. Just be there for them at the hospital, at the house, wherever they're at. Bring them a meal. It's that simple. Love them. Give them a hug. Tell them, hey, I have no idea what you're feeling. Yeah. But... I want to let you know that you know you don't walk alone. Perfect. That's it. That's all you have to say. And yeah. love them and sit with them. You, you guys could browse social media together. It, it really doesn't have to be that complicated. That's number one. Number two is make a note because as a guy who's gone through a lot and have walked with people who've gone through a lot, make a note on your phone two months from that day, six months from that day, and a year from that day to reach out again and spend intentional time with them because the hardest time for someone who's gone through a loss is not initially because they're surrounded by people who love them because everybody recognizes, oh my gosh, they need me right now. It's two months down the road. It's six months down the road. It's the next birthday. It's the next Mother's Day. It's next Christmas. It's the next whatever it is. And they're going to need love on that day too when everybody else is forgotten and nobody else is thinking about it anymore. That person is. And you should be too. So make a note on your calendar. Hey, thinking about you today. Can I take you lunch today? Can I bring you dinner today? And I'm telling you, man, I'll never forget when my friend Bryce called me uh, a year after my mom passed away. And nobody else reached out. I knew when she passed away, but nobody else did. And he called me on that day. And I'll never forget that, of how loved that made me feel. And he had no, <laughs> he had no like wise words for me. It was just his presence. It was just his call. It was just connection that meant the world. So if you are seeking to love somebody and support somebody who's going through this, be intentional about spending time with them when it first happens and be intentional there and after. And don't worry about the words that you say, but be cognizant that it's your presence that primarily matters. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, hopefully this podcast will encourage everyone who's either going through this right now or if, if, you know, thankfully you haven't had to deal with something to this extent in your life so far, you know, there's the potential that it'll happen soon. So having this information will help you uh, deal with that th- yep. in a healthy way. But right. do you have any last words of encouragement? No, nah, man. I mean, obviously, I mean, Jesus gets our grief and grieving for loved ones is appropriate and expected. And as you mentioned earlier, Christ himself even wept. And so don't be embarrassed. It's natural. And God is with us all the way through. So we love you guys. We appreciate y'all. And I hope this one helped y'all out a ton. Peace. I hope this episode helped you out and provided you tons of clarity and encouragement. If so, I'd greatly appreciate it if you would leave a review and also share this show on your social media. It helps more than you know. Until next time.